Hi there and welcome to this video for Senior Physics on Nuclear Physics. In this video we're going to look at transmutations by nuclear reactions. Now let's just um, define what a transmutation is. Transmutation is basically where a nuclear decay is going to occur and as a result this is going to change one element into another form. Often that other form, especially when we're looking at nuclear power, is going to have a mass which is less than the initial and as a result energy is going to be released. That energy then can be utilised to power um, generators, turbi turn turbines, etc, etc, and as a result convert it into electrical energy. Sometimes it's the transmuted element which is um, required, and as a result that transmuted element can then be utilised in a variety of different things. For example, when we're looking at the uh, production of technetium into molybdenum, which is what they do at the Opal Power Plant in Sydney. So when we're looking at transmutations, what we're going to be doing is saying, well, what do we start with? What do we finish with? And how does it come about? So let's look at an example here. Here we've got um, a nuclear reaction, and there's a variety of different ways that we can actually um, get a uh, nucleus to become unstable. And that could be by um, firing a high-energy particle into an element. Um, especially into the, the nucleus of the element. Now we can fire protons, we can fire electrons, we can fire alpha particles, we can uh, fire neutrons. And as a result, we get an um, instability in that uh, nucleus. And the result of that is that a brand new or transmuted element can be produced, often with another particle that can be utilized further on down the line. So in this case, we've got an alpha particle, helium-4, and it's going to be fired into a um, nitrogen atom, which has got an atomic number of 7 and atomic mass of 14. As a result, what it does is it produces a brand new element. This brand new element in this case is oxygen. And as a result, we're also going to get a proton, which is going to be generated. Now, this is often the way in which um, new artificial elements can be um, produced within the laboratory. And being able to... Um, control the production of those elements, especially if they're slightly unstable, we can um, control them and then release them through a variety of different um, processes, um, for example, milking. And what this will do is allow our radioactive sample to be stored at a more stable, um, uh, more, uh, a more stable condition until it's ready to be utilized. And this is very, very useful, especially with things like um, molybdenum when it, we're going to be producing these um, uh, radioactive samples which are going to be used for, um, for medical imaging. We've got to get these samples around, around the world so obviously if you've got a very short half-life then you want to be able to store them. So we know that there's 92 naturally occurring elements on the planet um, however when you look at your periodic table you know there's a lot more um, elements which are available. If I just turn the um, computer you can see there that on our periodic table we can go down to 118 elements so 118 elements of which 92 are naturally occurring okay so let's uh, look back at our, our sample here so what we've done we've actually done something called a fusion reaction fusion basically means the joining together of um, a number of particles so in this case we've got nitrogen 14 is bombarded with a um, neutron and what happens is they combine together as they combine together what we get is carbon 14 which is generated and as a result we're going to get a proton 
hydrogen which is going to be released. So what's happened is we've now used that neutron to make the nitrogen unstable. As it's unstable, it's split up. As it's split up, it's spat out this proton, and as a result, we've got a more um, radioactive carbon-14, which is generated. Remember, the more stable version of, of carbon is carbon-12. So this is an example of a fusion reaction. Then we get something called a fission re reaction, and this is what we utilize in a lot of um, nuclear power, especially when we're using nuclear power, which is going to be generating um, uh, electricity or new elements. Now in this case we use uh, uranium-235. Uranium-235 is then basically has a fusion which occurs, well actually no it's not a fusion, it's a fission, fission being splitting. This is where a nitrogen is going to be fired into that atom. So that, that nitrogen is fired into the uranium-235 atom and as a result makes it really really unstable. As a result that nucleus is then going to split up and it's going to split up in this case to xenon and strontium. So we get strontium-90 and xenon-143. So if you look at the um, diagram below, this shows this. You can see here there's the nitrogen. It's fired into the uranium-235. There's our strontium and xenon which has been created. Now what we'll notice is that strontium and xenon will not be the only things which are released. Also what we get released are three neutrons three neutrons which are high energy neutrons which are spat out from the remaining nucleus of that uranium-235. Now if we added together that strontium, that xenon and those three neutrons and we added their masses together we would find that that would be less than the original mass of the neutron and the uranium-235. So where's this mass gone? We've already dealt with that when we looked in our first video about mass defect. And what's actually happened there, that change in mass is directly related to energy. So we can then use, look at the mass defect of that strontium, xenon, and those three neutrons. Look at their masses. How do they compare to the beginning? If it's less, then that change in mass can be ut utilized in the E equals mc squared equation. And as a result, we can work out the amount of energy which has been generated. Now those three neutrons don't just sit around. What happens then is those neutrons that will then bombard further uranium-235 atoms and a chain reaction will be released. You can see there that from those purple neutrons they then go and hit um, uranium-235 and we get the same process occurring again. So basically what we get is when we have neutrons released it creates further fission and we're going to get more energy so this chain reaction is going to be produced. Now sometimes if we keep this chain reaction going we're going to get a huge amount of energy so we need to be able to slow down often those, those neutrons. Now often things like heavy water or deuterium, that's a hydrogen atom which has got an added um, neutron added into it, has the effect of being able to slow down that movement of those neutrons so that it doesn't hit as many of those um, uranium-235 atoms. The less collisions we have between those neutrons and the uh, fuel, the less energy is going to be produced. Too many of these can lead to things getting out of hand, and if we don't control it, then we get a nuclear explosion, which is going to happen. It just continues getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it can't take it anymore. So how else can we do this? Well, another way that they, they utilize this in the nuclear power station is using control rods. And these control rods really are just neutron sponges. What they'll do is they'll absorb those high energy um, neutrons and prevent them from hitting the, the, those uranium-235 um, 
nuclei. Now, control rods made of cadmium or boron are basically lowered or raised, either releasing the neutrons or absorbing them. From this, once we've got um, our electrons, um, sorry, our neutrons, which are fired, we can then use our e equals mc squared um, formula to determine the amount of energy which is created. So let's say, look at an example. So if we have one gram of a substance is converted completely into energy, how much energy is going to be produced? Well, we've got, we know our E equals mc squared. We've got a mass of one gram, which is basically one times 10 to the negative three um, kilograms. We know the speed of light is three times 10 to the eight, and we know that's got to be squared. So what that does is we get nine times 10 to the 13 joules of energy, which is produced from something of just one simple gram. That's a hell of a lot of energy which is generated just from one gram of um, fissile material. So I put together a couple of other videos that you might utilize to, that links in with what we've talked here with, re, with respect to transmutation and how we can utilize that, that formula. So watch the exemplary video further on in this post and uh, hopefully that will, will show you how we can use our nuclear equations, look at our transmutation, determine how the mass defect changes and then relate that to the energy which is gonna be generated. Okay, well I hope you found that useful. Um, thank you for joining me and I look forward to you joining me again. Bye for now.